Stories map us, the journeys we make, those we made happen and make up. These are the stories we tell ourselves. But they are also all we have, and so they become all we are. In disproving them, we disprove ourselves. Can we see beyond ourselves? Or would the reflection shatter us? Who decides the sum of our parts? And what will make up our whole? This is the heart. It is wilder and runs away with us. I've become part of the map that I was drawing, part of the story I was telling. I interrupted this timeline and fell into the plot. Like an adventure story we read as children, I must now choose which path to take. We've reached a fork in the road. Story on story, map on map, multiplying multiplicities, possibilities mounting atop the weight of our collective accumulation. But then again, only the impossible is worth the effort. I read somewhere that the whole of human history can be explained through either fear or desire. Fear of failure, rejection and success. It builds until our desire casts it all aside and we discard all sense and caution. Each is infectious as the other. In this way, we exist between extremes, jumping between poles, never indulging in one over the other for too long. But the fact is they both infect us. Both paralyze and coax us into action. The siren's song and Medusa's curse. But they are unpredictable, and we cannot know which will take hold. There are centuries between us, this land and I, and I don't know the time frame. When did the story start? And what have we interrupted? And I admit, I like the stillness this holding pattern brings. It must be the photographer in me. We're all made up of stills. String enough together and we begin to look like we are moving. From one place to another. In place. Through time. Nothing is solid. Nothing is fixed. These are images that time changes and that change time. Apertures open and shut on our stories. Frame them in fractions and shutter them in light. One one hundredth of a second. Or one one thousandth. How quickly do you pass the time and count it by? Captured. Framed. Stills. I shudder. But never for too long. We wouldn't want the lines to blur. We must stay in focus or risk falling from the frame. Otherwise, what would hold us? The slightest accidents open up new worlds. Old ones too. Boundaries and desire. Cross, skip, break. Repeat. There has always been a romance in images, in the way we look, and what we choose to see. A selective insight that provides the smallest control over our reality. These are the fragments of our own narrative, our day-to-day -day encounters with the world, individual and segmented into digestible parts, aspects of a whole, a zero-sum game between the viewer and the viewed. So in the simplest terms, let us look at framing, what makes it into our image, and what we decide to leave out. Our choices speak more to our inclinations, perspectives and beliefs than that of the world around us. Composition demands a level of autonomy from reality. Each frame functions as a lucid dream. The artist controls the narrative, subject and their environment. Sights evolve beyond purely the geographic. They become intrinsically entwined with experience, pieced together and shaped anew. How do we piece together the information before us? Interpret, construct, and facilitate. We build up narratives from data, experience, and its interpretation. But where does it lead us? That's what's difficult about this part. 
this infinite stratification of these layers that form that bridge between what is seen and what is made. We do this daily, compose and draw new realities from the meaning of the stories we have lived. The very act of drawing is that of delineation, something that separates. It draws here from there, mark from maker, and act from action. Drawing is intention realized. It is a visual representation of our decisions. In deciding what to draw, we decide what to share, to show the world, and how much of that to make recognizable. With each stroke, we differentiate, articulate, and obscure, creating a form somewhere between the gestural and the representational. But where does this need come from? The simple fact is that we draw what we're drawn to, metaphoric or otherwise. It is an allure to look closer, to see and understand what captures us. Indeed, we need to still life to see it, in all its beauty, fascination, curiosity and fear. It is visceral, and it's critical. We are human, and therefore subjective. By proxy, so are the marks we make. The act of making. This suggests something as well. It alludes to our need to interact, contribute and augment, although not in a photographic sense. It is the capturing of expression, of how we feel in a specific moment in time. This is felt, that much is clear. This is, after all, where we attempt to draw the heart, a constant struggle between experience and its documentation, interrupted by interpretation, emphasis, and its obfuscation. Furthermore, what we draw upon holds direct correlation to what we draw with. The materials we use, their physicality, weight, and stroke. Each variable speaks to the end aesthetic. This is drawing in a more expanded sense. We draw on walls, carve reliefs in stone and etch with acid, all in an attempt to make the fleeting permanent. Nothing is purely visual. There is no escaping this. This is our lucid dream that we may control a landscape that inhabits us as much as we do it. I wonder if we can ever truly know what it is we're looking at without knowing what it is we're looking for. We spend our whole life seeking perspective of what we can see and what is known. We chart the borders of the known world, map our relationship in space to find our place. We see the edge in relation to where we stand, whether as part of a whole or as another external equation, defining self from other between all the reading and analysis, the looking and the seeing. But perhaps instead, it should be measured durationally, created and faded, breathing between existence and experience. All we can do is find our place within it. And it's strange how we crave to stay in moments that escape us. But eventually the story has to end. We're bound to run out of pages. We are finite, no matter how we fight it. For Shakespeare, there are only ever two endings, Death and marriage. Simply put, a choice between stopping and carrying on. A stubbornness to take another step and the strength to do so. We're all telling stories. We can't help but indulge in wonder. When I was young, I used to flip to the end of the book, read the last few lines. I couldn't help it. But how it ends doesn't tell us how it felt, or the impact it was to have. I didn't know that then. <laughs> Granted, I was eight. But this is how we draw the heart, passing through arteries and ventricles, pumping lifelines and meanings into scenes. These days meant a lot to me. They changed shape time and time again. There were drawings and photographs and words. They were felt and lived, and they live on, in so many different ways. As you draw, you are drawn in. There is no alternative. It's already happened. 
you filled the page. Do you remember doing it? And it is here we'll choose to put down our pens and close the chapter on this incredible journey. I do hope you have enjoyed it. It's been so special for me. I've loved sharing this new side of my work and artistic process. I've learned so much and been so inspired and encouraged. And so I'll thank the Canadian Council for the Art one last time for their support in making this project a reality. Until next time, happy travels.